thank you for your presence, Lord. Just thank you for your anointing. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the presence of the fire of God. And thank you, Lord, that this isn't Christianity isn't just a mind thing or it's not just good morals. It's not just another religion, Lord, but it's a relationship with the living God. We thank you, the same God who said, let there be in the beginning, is the same God who's our friend today, who's our father today, who's our savior. Lord, we thank you. It's not just uh, just mind things that we have. It's not just positive thinking or positive confession. Like, that's cool. But God, it's, it's Jesus Christ. It's you. You are the Lord and the power of your spirit with us today. And we thank you for that in this place tonight, Lord. We thank you, God, that it's not just dead religion. It's not just going through rituals and and just reading scriptures and stuff like the word is life but god it's not just religion it's not form without power but it's power and we thank you for your power in this place tonight (laughs) someone say amen Amen. romans you need my key i only have one key because rochelle has my car key because we have one car right now (laughs) romans 8 15 this is what it says For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father, I belong to you. (laughs) Is that in there? Yeah. You did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. Everyone say sonship. Sonship. One, One translation says adoption is good, the same thing. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy. Someone say, Daddy. Daddy. That's what I taught my son to say, Daddy, Dada. So every time I say Dada, he'll repeat back to me, Dada. And it's our little language. It's great. This is, this is what God, God did not give us a spirit that makes us a slave to fear. How many of y'all know that we've lived lives that have been slaves to fear at one point? You know what I mean? Like that's how many, that's like not a fun life to live when you're a slave to fear. When you're a slave to something, how many know you, you have to beckon at whatever its commands are? So when you're a slave to fear, whenever fear calls, you come running. That, that's what life is like outside of a relationship with Christ. It's a life that gives you a slave to fear. Like, that's, that's what it gives you. And that's actually what Adam gave us. Adam in the garden gave us a spirit that makes us a slave to fear. That's why it says again. Did you, did you see that? You did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. Because that's what already happened. So it wasn't like you got saved and you got again to fear. That's why it was the repetitive. You already had that. Adam, when Adam and Eve sinned, they gave us... That spirit of fear. Remember when they when they sinned and God came in the garden looking for them and what happened? What did they do? They ran away. And then what did Adam say? I was afraid. I was afraid. He basically, when God came after them, he said, I'm afraid of you. How many all know the world's afraid of God still? The world is actually afraid of God. And how many know like I, I run into people all the time like, hey, you want to come to church? And they're like, Well, I don't know, man. The thing might catch on fire when I get there, you know, or I, I might catch on fire. I might get struck by lightning. Have you heard this stuff? This actually, these are like direct quotes from people who don't know God yet, you know, like, because they, they're a slave to fear. And, and where do they get that from? Thank you, Brother Adam. You know what I'm saying? Like, or Father Adam, maybe. <laughs> and, it, you know, when, when we get to heaven, there's going to, yeah, definitely not Brother Adam. <laughs> Joel, but. but, like, when we, when we get to heaven, his how you know, God's making us mansions and stuff his house is going to have like extra security around his house you know with razor wire up on top and like some some rottweilers and stuff no i'm playing i'm playing in heaven we forgive him he'll move on but (laughs) but listen listen yeah only in heaven yeah listen but the thing is that's what adam gave us Adam gave us a spirit that makes us a slave to fear. And actually, I don't want to say Adam. It's really the devil. But I'm saying, like, the, this, this type of lifestyle came, passed down from Adam. That's why Jesus is called the last Adam. Adam is the first Adam, and Jesus is called the last Adam because he made an end to all that stuff. Yeah. But this is what God actually gives us in exchange for a spirit that makes us a slave to fear. And what is the first thing that happens with a slave to fear is you run away from God. And this is, this is crazy, and I'm going to get into this a little bit tonight. But this is, the, this is the thing. Tonight's actual message is called Breaking Independence. And, and it's, it's Sonship Part 2. Because I think Dominic talked about Sonship a little bit last week too. So we're, gonna, we're continuing in that. But Breaking Independence is what this is. And this is what happened. They ran away from God because they ate of a certain tree. How many of y'all remember the name of that tree that they ate? Do you guys remember? The tree of knowledge. 
tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This is what he ate off of. And this is what I believe that tree represents. It represents getting, uh, getting wisdom and knowledge in, uh, of, of good and evil. It's getting all of your uh, wisdom for life from another source other than God. A.K.A. it means independence from God. Because now I know good from evil and I don't need God anymore. I can go off on my own. And that's why God was against that tree, because he knew that if they ate of that tree, they would, be, they would be living a life independent from God. And God is so in love with his children that he actually doesn't want them to live separated from him. He wanted to live connected in relationship. But now, if you, can, if you have a source to get knowledge of good and evil other than God, then how many of y'all know that call, that's called independence? That's called living a life independent of God. And so that's the slave of fear because now they ate of the tree that was separate from God. It was a tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life is really a picture, I believe, of Jesus, which the Bible says that he died on a tree. And it's a tree that gives life. When Jesus died on the tree, they pierced his side and water and blood flowed from him. And that's the life that flowed from Jesus. And I believe that, that tree of life was actually a foreshadowing of the cross of Christ. And so we're supposed to feed on that. Jesus actually said in John 6, whoever feeds on me will live. If you eat my flesh and drink my blood, then, then you'll have eternal life in you. You guys remember this stuff? That's yeah. communion. This is that's the fruit of the tree of life. The fruit of the tree of life is the finished work of, cro- of the cross. Yeah. And so that was actually in the garden. I, I really believe it was in the garden. But the other tree was a life independent from God, a lot, the knowledge of good and evil. And this is what we have to break because that's what Adam passed down to us. How I many of y'all know, like, it's like they call it the sins of the generations or, you know, generational curses and different things like that. that well, the one thing that every human being got is a slave, being a slave to fear. Yeah. Because Adam gave it to us when he, when he sinned and his nature was passed on to each one of us. The only thing that can reverse that nature is the nature of Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's the only thing. When you get, whenever you get saved, the Bible says, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a what? New creation. A new creation. And so now you get a brand new nature. Now my nature isn't the, la- the first Adam, it's the last Adam. Yeah. And the last Adam is a son. Mm. And now, now it's the other part of the verse. But you receive the spirit of? Sonship or adoption. Come on, that's good. It's, a, it's the same word in Greek, but good. Thank you, David. It's a spirit of sonship because now God doesn't want you to run away from him. He wants you to run to him and say, Daddy. When you say Daddy, how many know only kids use that word and sons say Daddy? And so he wants us to have childlike faith and come to him in childlike faith and, and be like sons and daughters who come to him and not away from him. This is the gospel, man. And now I want, I want you to turn. It's, it just go down a few little verses in verse 29. This is Romans eight twenty nine, And it says, For God, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined. And he predetermined this to he, he predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. Everyone say son. son. That he, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now I'm gonna read that verse out of the message Bible because it might help us. This is what it says. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. Listen, the son stands first in line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him, in Jesus. The original and the intended shape of our lives is in Jesus. Because he is a... He's his son. How many of y'all know you get those bracelets, WWJD, what would Jesus do? But how many of y'all know that God God is actually making us like Jesus? But this is crazy to me because when I read Romans 8.29, it's basically telling us that he's making us like Jesus. But what I find interesting about this is there's so many names of Jesus, like Messiah, like King, like Lord, Rabbi, like what else? What what are some other names of Jesus? I was a branch man. A branch, (laughs) yes you were. The lion and the lamb. Seven eyed lamb. Seven eyed lamb, there we go. I thought you were the lion and the lamb, like Leland song. That's good though, right? He's the Lamb of God. He's the he's the Lion of the tribe of Judah. What other names? He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Breaker. All these are all these are Jesus. But did you see the the title that Paul used to write in this verse was Son. God could have said, Paul could have been writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He predestined you to be conformed to the image of the King of Glory. He could have predestined you to become the image of, of you know, the Messiah. He, he, could have, he predestined you to become the image of the rabbi and all of us would be good teachers. You know, like he could have said any other title, but the one title that he said, you are being conformed into the image of, the one title he said was what? Son. Son. So when we say we're becoming like Jesus, we're not saying, oh, I'm becoming the next Messiah to the world. 
I'm not becoming the next king of kings. I'm not becoming the king of glory. I'm not becoming the prince of peace. I'm actually becoming more like a son. This, this is, this, I'm telling you, this is the most paramount thing that I could say. This, this is God saying, out of all the things God has said he could, is conforming us into, he chose to say son. And God wants us to become like Jesus, not because he's a great guy, I mean, although he is, and not because he's the savior of the world, but because he is a son. God wants us to become like Jesus because he wants us to become like a son. And I, I understand this, some of the ladies, this might be hard, but if we had to be called the bride of Christ, then y'all can be called sons. Oh my God! And listen, listen, the more we get transformed as followers of Jesus, the more we get transformed, the more we'll actually live like a son or a daughter. When we, the more we become like Jesus, the more that we actually uh, are becoming like sons and daughters. This is how you know you're growing in Christ. Not because I memorized more scriptures, not because I sang all the right songs, not because I went to church 18 times a week and I gave more in the offering because Yard did a really legitimate <laughs> message. And I'm like, hey, I need to give more. That's how I know I've changed. That's right. Doctor's orders. It is the doctor's orders. <laughs> this is how you know you're growing in Christ, not because of all those things but this is how you know the 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 top way is that you're becoming more like a son or a daughter you with me on this this is the gospel man this is why jesus came he he came to actually take orphans and make them sons and daughters and and if and and we have to ask the question and if we're we're like how how am i growing in christ well the question is are you looking more like a son or you're looking more like a daughter if you're growing as a Christian, then you're growing, according to Romans 8.29, you're growing into the image of a son. son is a, sonship is a position of your heart. Sonship, it's the attitude and the position of your heart that says, I have a father who loves me, who accepts me, who takes care of me, who gives me purpose, who gives me destiny, who surrounds me with his favor as with a shield. Like It's the lifestyle of rest in the promises of God. It's the lifestyle of, I have a father who's taking care of me. That's how Jesus could sleep on a boat in the middle of this life-threatening storm and raging waves are crashing over there. The disciples come up and say, hey, don't you care that we're going to drown? And he's like, what you say? <laughs> he's just waking up from a nap why because he was so restful in his father's protection over him he was so restful that he, when he said let us go to the other side he knew that the father was going to get him to the other side and all the rest of the fools they didn't know <laughs> they didn't know they had a dad that was stronger than the storm Come on, man. Sometimes we don't think that our God is stronger than the storms that we're going through. And we start shaking Jesus. Jesus! I'm dying over here! (laughs) We're like, why are you going to take care of me? You got to rescue, do something! And what I love about Jesus is it wasn't the storm that woke him up. It was the cries of his disciples that woke him up. It's good, man. Because that's, that, that's, that's what, son, you know, sonship. This is sonship, man. It's the attitude of a heart that just knows the Father's taking care of his, the destiny and the dreams. Like, can you imagine Jesus, like, at 12 years old in the temple? I have to be about my father's business because he was a son, so he's about his father's business. And he's talking to the te- and he's actually teaching all the rabbis in the, in the temple. And he's 12 years old teaching everybody. I bet in that moment, he was probably tempted to go like, man, I could run this synagogue. You know what I'm saying? I could run this thing. But how many of you know he had to wait 18 more years until he got kicked into ministry? That's crazy. He had to wait 18 years from that moment until finally he had his moment. He got baptized. The heavens opened. The dove of the Holy Ghost came on him and the Father spoke affirmation. Then he was launched into ministry. Like, that's crazy, right? 18 years. But this is what it is to live as a son. You just rest that Father is taking care of business. And man, this, this is so crazy. This is why we cry out Abba or Daddy, because it's not, just, it's not just tender affection coming from us, although I believe that, but it's a childlike response of trusting in Him. Because how many of y'all know who uses the word Daddy most often? It's kids. It's kids who have to, who have to rely on a father to take care of them. How many of y'all know, like when you were eight years old at your house, you weren't going like, how am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to fill these cupboards with food for, you know, like... You just feel like, Mom, Dad, you take care of me, right? Cool. You never even thought about that stuff. Because you always knew that you had a father or a mother that was taking care of you. Are you with me on this? This is the beauty of sonship. And this is the kind of spirit that God gave us. The spirit of sonship. The spirit of adoption. And I believe that the goal of God's transforming power is to make us like a son. (laughs) 
this transforming power that's working within us is actually working not to make us the king of kings, not to make us the lion of the tribe of Judah, but to make us beloved sons and daughters. And the Father's smiling over us. That's, that, that, my friends, I'm telling you, is, is like, I, I believe is one of the highest things to achieve in life. And I don't even want to use the word achieve because that's not even it. it it's like, I, I think Joyce Meyer said that we're not called to be achievers, but believers. <laughs> and I, I, that's a whole nother deal right there. I mean, I, I believe in working hard, but believers are different. It's your belief systems that need to be transformed. And then when, when you believe right, then you start living right. And so this is the deal. We're breaking independence. And I, and I love how it says... Jesus is the firstborn among many brothers because Jesus is the example. And how many all know we get to follow in our big brother's steps? Yeah. Did you know that Jesus is actually our big brother? He's not our father. He's our big brother. That's scriptures right there. Jesus, and Jesus' way of life was living as a son. And man, I, I, just, I just believe that the Lord, Jesus, God was actually counting on Jesus getting many brothers and sisters into the family. Like it's a huge, big family that God wanted to have with us. And that's what we do. Like, we're on campus every week. We're, we're giving out free encouragement. We're praying for people. Two people got healed today. Yeah. Like, their backs got healed and stuff. It was legit, man. It was awesome, man. And, like, but this, what's the whole point of that? We're, we are ambassadors for Christ. And the Bible says, as though God was reaching out through us. And so, man, we actually are just out there being the voice of the Father to people. And we just, just say, hey, can I just give you a, word, a free word of encouragement? And, and people come up all the time, and we just bless them, and we just tell them what we think God's thinking about them. And people get encouraged, but what's the point? That, that's, that's us. Evangelism is, is reaching out to people and getting them a step closer to the Father and, and taking that orphan thing off of them and putting the robes of the Son on them. Yeah. That's, that's what we're doing. And people, people will take a step towards the Father when they feel the love of the Father. And that's what sons and daughters get to do. So I, I want to just look at just, I have like two main aspects and we'll see how, how, how we can, how fast we'll get through this. But I want to go to the, this story. I've t- I actually just taught about this story like a few weeks ago, but in Luke 15 and 11, Luke 15, 11, this is the story of the prodigal son. But there's some, there's some things that I, I feel like we need to, to pull out of this story to speak to our hearts on sonship tonight. And this is what he says in Luke 15, 11. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country. Everyone say distant. That's key right there. They set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Now, I, I just want to say this. This is, this is the epitome of independence. This is the son took his inheritance and left and went independent. We're, we'll get back to the story, but how many know that many times we can actually take what God has given us and then go, and then go live out on our own without him? This is crazy. I've seen this happen, man. And we can get our gifts. We get talents. We got provision. We got some kind of breakthrough. We got a, we got a healing. We got our Boaz, you know, or our Ruth or whatever. Or <laughs> hopefully it's not a Delilah or a Jezebel. But you know what I'm saying? Like, whoa, whoa. But we, we, <laughs> we get provision and God helps us in all these areas. He helps us pass our classes or whatever it is. He blesses us real good. And then we go like, hey, we, we go to the prayer meeting. We go to the thing. We're like, Father, give me my share now. And then he blesses us. And then, and then we're like, all right, I'm good. And then we go out and live life apart from him. How many know that's the spirit of independence? That's getting what I want when I want it. And then deuces, because I got what I want. <laughs> That's eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and getting everything I need from that tree and not needing to go back to daddy. Wow. Is that crazy? Yeah. This, is what I, this is what I feel like. Sometimes we, we do this and, and we, we like, it's like God wants to be so involved in our lives and he blesses us so much. And then sometimes we, we take, and I, I'm saying this sensitively because I don't want to like beat you down with this, but I'm just saying like, I feel like sometimes we get the blessing of God and then we go and try to live out on our own wow. as if the, as if life is more satisfying outside of the father's house, wow. <laughs> as if we could get what we really needed away from God. Come on. 
and we get provision and we get blessing and, and we have all these things and we got the, the we got the ten steps to you know make it in life, whatever. I don't know. We got we got all this stuff, and then all of a sudden it, we're, it's like we're sitting there trying to work on their project all by ourselves, and dad's like trying to get a hand in there, trying to help us. We're like, no, I got it, I got it, leave me alone. We're trying to do our lives, trying to make our destiny happen, trying to make our dreams happen, trying to make that relationship happen, trying to make our classes happen, trying to go all through all this stuff. And God's like, I'm a father, and I just, I just want to be involved in your life. Wow. And what's crazy about it is he actually lets the son do this stuff and discover for himself. How many of y'all realize it's one thing to have someone teach you a lesson, and then it's another to learn it for yourself? Mm-hmm. And, and I would say a lot of us have to learn our own lessons by ourselves. <laughs> And I'm not trying to be mean when I say that because I'm included in that. Sometimes we're like, I would like to take your word for it, but let me just do it myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and then you get all jacked up. You're like, all right, you were right, but I'm not telling you you're right. <laughs> and like, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes where they're like, you don't want to tell them that like I told you so thing. You're like, no, nah, you didn't tell me nothing. You didn't tell me nothing, dude. I figured it out. You <laughs> know, you're like. <laughs> but this is what happens. And this is what I want to say to you. We will always, because tell me, this is where it said. What, what, where is it? Verse 14. There was a severe famine. You will always experience a famine in the land that you were not meant to be in. You'll always experience a famine in the land that you weren't meant to be in. And you'll find out that it's the grace of God choking out the resources of the, of the, of the spirit of independence. It's, it's, it's the grace of God behind the scenes choking out the resources so that you would come back to Him. And some of us wonder like why things fall apart in certain areas in our lives. And it's just the Lord making a famine happen in the land of independence so you can get back to the Father's house. I'd be like, man, why isn't this working out? I've tried everything that I could do in my own strength. And that's the problem. It was all your strength. Come on, man. And sometimes we try to make our own lives happen for us. And some of us are actually so gifted and talented that we could actually make something happen. And the scary part is that you would actually experience life without God. Mm-hmm. And maybe when you need a little something here and there, you say a few prayers because I need something. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know those kind of people only pray to God when they're going through trials. Yeah. <laughs> and then when life's going good, they're like, I'm good, I'm good. And you're like, no, 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 you're not good. You need a dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need a dad. Yeah, and, and so this is what happens, man. You'll always experience a famine in the land that you were not meant to be in. And I believe God is so good that he will actually make things begin to fall apart in our lives on purpose so that way we realize our need for him. And I'm not even trying to preach bad theology. I'm just trying to say, I've seen this happen in my life where I, I'll be like digging for oil that's not even there. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm like working really hard to get something like awesome and I'm working with all of my might and all of my strength and I can't seem to get a breakthrough. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Father, what do you want to do? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, it's the difference. It's like, you know, you can see this passage in Luke chapter 5. You can read it later. But it's like uh, Peter and John and his homies, they were all fishing. And it says they were all night they were fishing if they didn't catch anything. Do you guys remember this story? Yeah. All night they were fishing. And then, and then what happens? Jesus comes on the scene. And he's like, hey, just, just do your nets on the other side. And like, master, we have been fishing all night long and we haven't gotten anything. How many know when the touch of God, though, is on it, everything changes? Yeah. When it's, remember, we have been doing this, on uh, my strength, I've been doing this all night long and it's getting pretty hard. We haven't done it, um, we've been toiling all night. I, I really, actually, I don't remember it exactly, but I think they actually use the word toiling. Like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, I know we don't use that in our modern vernacular here but <laughs> like how was your homework i was just toiling all night long like i don't i don't know if we like use that you know what i mean but the scripture said they were toiling i, I want to encourage you to go ahead and start using that in your with your friends you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just go ahead and start using that hey what are you guys doing tonight i'm just toiling you know i'm just toiling with my homework okay They were toiling all night long, and then Jesus comes on the scene, and now they have the voice of Jesus. The Father's voice is speaking through the Lord, and he he says, just cast your nets on the other side. And do you know what? They had, one preacher calls it a boat-sinking, net-breaking load of fishes. They they had so much fish that they had to actually call someone else from another boat to help them get the catch that they just got. 
How many know that's the difference between living in your own plan and independence versus living in the spirit of sonship? Yeah. If, I'm, if I'm a hireling, I just go where the money is. But if I'm a son, I follow, I follow the father's voice. <laughs> now that's a different way to live. Hirelings, people, they, they, just get, they just get paid to do their thing. Sons, it's a whole other world. Mm-hmm. I have a dad who loves me, and I'll follow his voice everywhere he takes me. Yeah. And I get, my joy out of that is I, have, I, I get to give back the pleasure that the Father gave to me. Mm-hmm. And I get to give it back to him and, and just say, oh, God. It's like these Jonathan David Helzer songs. I, I'm giving you back the song you first sung over me. Mm-hmm. And it's this beautiful exchange, and you're just like, oh, and that's, that's the life. But that's the picture. I, I really believe this is the picture. Some of us, I want to encourage, I feel like this might be a word for, for you guys. That, and some of us specifically, that we've been actually fighting and fishing in our own strength. And we haven't caught anything. And I just want to encourage you. Like, it, it may be the Lord is actually wanting you just to get the voice of the Father again. Yeah. It doesn't mean the, the work that you're doing is wrong. It just means that. You needed the Father's voice to speak to you about it. You needed the voice of the Father to lead you. And it, it's not going to be your own strength. It's just the voice. The reason why the fish were there is because Jesus said, let your nets down. It wasn't because they were hiding. It wasn't like, it wasn't like they were here and all the fish were like, ah, we're on this side of the boat. You're never going to catch us. It, it wasn't like that was happening. Like, I, I really don't believe that. I really believe that, that they were fishing on this side. And it was just a symbol. It was just saying, like, you guys have been doing this in your own strength for way too long. And I, I don't believe supernaturally all the fish just started coming when they threw their nets down because they heard the voice of Jesus. They're like, oh, wait, I, don't know, I know that voice. I know that voice. He is the Lord. You know, shaboom, and all the fish start coming. You know what I mean? But that's, this is the difference... This is the difference between just doing stuff in your own strength or following the voice yeah. of the Lord. That's the difference. The difference between the, the striving and, and, and all that stuff in your own strength versus sonship is the voice. There's hard work in both camps. There's hard work in your own strength and there's hard work in sonship. But the difference between the two is the Father's voice. Yeah. That's why Jesus would say in John five nineteen, I only do what I see my Father doing. Are you with me? Yeah. And look at this. He said he was in the midst of a famine. In verse 16, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. And I believe in the midst of famine, we will actually begin to grope for anything that gives us life. Because that's what people do in famine. And, and I believe, you know, the son longed to eat what the pigs were eating. How many of us know that? pig food is not human food and so in famine we grope for things that we're not meant for us that's what happens so this is us trying to respond in the land of independence going like i need something to fulfill this and the sun comes up empty and and we try to fill ourselves with relationships boyfriend and girlfriend school even alcohol and all these different types of things even it could be good things it could be doing more for God in church. It could be all this type of stuff. Because we, what we are doing in that moment is we're trying to shut off the nagging feeling of famine. And the famine came because of independence. And God isn't trying to like, teach you how to survive in famine in this area. He's actually trying to lead you back home. That's why nothing ever worked for the dude who was in the famine. <laughs> He's eating pig food. That was never meant for humans. He was eating things that weren't meant for him. And that's what happens, man. When we don't turn back to God, we end up doing things that were never meant for us. Oh, is this speaking to you guys tonight? This is a spirit of sonship. This is breaking independence. When we, when we live in an independent spirit, we're in the land of famine because famines always happen in lands that we're never meant to be in. And in that moment, that famine is actually meant to draw us back home. But if we don't get that memo, if we don't come to our senses like the prodigal son did, then we'll sit there in the famine and wonder what's wrong. I'm like, man, this pig food is not that good. <laughs> it's causing me to get a little twitch, you know. Like, <laughs> start developing weird things in your life. And, we, and then people create weird theologies around it, you know. Like, God just has me in this time. <laughs> and God just is doing I'm like, bro, that's not God, that's you. So, I mean, I don't know, like, if you, <laughs> you can blame God for your problems, you know. But, like, it's not really, it's not the deal, you know what I mean? Like, 
the Lord is actually back at home. <laughs> he's not in the he's he's at home. Actually, he's sitting on the porch waiting for you to come home. But like he's he's over there, man. He's not. I don't know what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like I don't, he's not there. <laughs> and and the sun was outside, or the sun was looking outside of the house for what could only be found inside of the house. The son was looking for what was inside the father's house. He was trying to find that thing that could only satisfy him that's with the father. He was trying to find that over there, but it ain't over there. And the answer is to go back to the father. And God, I love this because he actually wants to be involved. This is why this is independence. Independence is I'm going to make my life happen and God will be a side note on the margin. Whoa. And, and, and then we'll take our plans to him and say, Lord, will you bless this? Like, no, 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 it's supposed to be the other way around. I'm supposed to birth something in you, and the blessing of God will already be upon it because you're just doing what I'm telling you. Yeah. Oh, man. Come on. Good word. Are you okay? Good word. And this is what I also believe, in extension to this, because I, I really believe that, like, the Bible says in Hebrews 10, I'm not going to read it, but the Bible says that Jesus... Um, actually came into the world and and he basically said it's not about the sacrifices or the offerings but it's a body you prepared for me and he says i have come to do your will so i really believe part of being sonship is just really surrender to the father's will and that's what jesus did and that and that's the prodigal son ran away from the father's will but there is a homecoming party you know it's awesome but like there's something about this submission to a father that that i really think is important and i believe some of the practical ways is that is having pastors having mentors having leaders having you know fathers mothers friends speaking into our lives there, some of us actually live in the land of independence and we don't realize it but we've actually not only shut off father god's voice in some aspects not in all aspects but i mean in some but we've also shut off mentors in our lives we've shut off like friends that, who speak into us and and people who actually know who you are you know what i mean like not like you know, it's like, well, I watched Joyce Meyer on TV, but I mean, that's good. But you know what I mean? Like, she, she doesn't know all the details of your life, and you can't go there and ask her questions about your situations. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, some of us, some of some of the ways that sonship actually shows itself in your life is that you are welcoming feedback into your life. You're welcoming mentors into your life. You're welcoming fathers and mothers to speak into your life. You're welcoming friends to speak into your life. I'm not just people who are above you, but people who are beside you, like like your friends, you know, like your peers. People actually who will, who, who will tell you what you need to know, you know what I mean? Like, not just the people who can tell you what you want to hear, but people who you know. Like, that, okay, listen, like, this is what's going on. I already know what you're going to say. I already know what you're going to say. You know those kind of people? You need to go to those people sometimes. Like, you, you need to have those people speaking into your life. Well, I got the word, you know? Like, I read the Bible, and I prayed, and God spoke to me. You're like, dude... Come on, man. Plans fail for a lack of counselors. And so we, we need people, man. Sonship will show itself in the realm of not just you having daddy God, but actually having people on the earth who will tell you what you need to hear. And it's not about control or manipulation or anything like that. It's just saying, you know what? I just need someone to talk to me. Before we do, you know, if I'm going to... If I'm going to make big moves in my life, like, you know, big moves, like getting married, like moving out of state, like tr- career things, you know, like moving churches or something like that, you know, like these are all really big deals. If I just make those decisions by myself, how many of y'all know, like he who has himself for a counselor has a fool for a counselor? <laughs> that we, we can't be reading the books that we write. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I read that book. Well, who wrote it? I did. <laughs> Are you with me on this? Like, I can't survive on my own. I need you. I need, I need my wife. I need my pastors. I need my brothers. I need people who are like, oh my God, I have to submit something. And not only just so they can tell you, you know, corrective things, but so they can actually encourage you. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes when I forget who I am, I can ask some of my friends like, hey, dude, this is what I feel like. And I, they can look me in the eye and just tell me who I really am. We need this stuff, man. This is the spirit of sonship. The, the, the other spirit makes you a slave to fear, which makes you run away from, from community. But the spirit of sonship makes you run into the family of God. Yeah. See, remember, we're talking about breaking independence. And, and so I, I just, I, I just want to throw that in there. And, and I believe that this spirit of sonship helps us to not be stuck in independence, but, and, but to actually be placed in the family of God. And the, and the last thing I want to just land on is this, is that something about sons is they know they have a father that provide for them, that provides for them. This is the thing about sons and daughters. And, and the prodigal son went from eating pig food. Oh, we didn't even finish the story. We should probably finish the story. 
Let's go, let's go to verse 17. When he came to his senses, oh, the, the, the crux, it turned. There's a turning point. He said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, but make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him like a good dad. (laughs) Thank you for the sound effect. Then the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. <laughs> Quick, give the best. You see that? He couldn't finish his speech. He wanted, to, he wanted to be accepted back as a slave, but the father's like, no, 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 only son. Father said to the servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. And, and uh, I've lost the page. Oh, and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Yes. Such good news, man. It's such good news. And that's the, the robe re- represents the righteousness of Christ. How many of you know the kid was stanky? You know what I'm saying? He smelled like pig. And pigs live in their own stuff. You know what I'm saying? So he was nasty and the father just put his robe on him and covered all of his shame and the father gave him a ring which restored his authority because it was a signet ring and that's what the father would stamp his authority on things he gave him his righteousness his authority and sandals because he was saying i'm not giving you i'm not receiving you back as a slave i'm receiving you back as a son slaves were barefoot in this day but sons wore sandals and then he says let's Kill the fattened calf. And this is what I was trying to say. The prodigal son went from eating pig food to eating the fattened calf. How many of y'all know that's provision? That is provision. When you're like eating nasty pig food, it wasn't meant for you. And then now dad kills the fattened calf and you got lamb shakes for dinner. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know if that's the right animal. We got lambs. We got baby back. <laughs> oh the Lord done open up a Phil's barbecue and hooked me up. Hey, I like me my ribs. I like <laughs> this guy one time. This is a side note. This guy one time like met a Seventh Day Adventist, and Seventh Day Adventists are still born again believers, but they have some really strict religious rules around their stuff. So like, yeah. they take some of the Old Testament rules and like apply them to New Testament believers, and they say that like you can't you know you can't have church on Sunday. It's supposed to be Saturday because Saturday is the real Sabbath, okay. and you can't eat pork because that's like an unclean animal. Jesus changed all that in the new covenant, but they, they, I don't know, I don't know why they do it. But anyway, my friend went to this Bible study and he heard all that. He comes back to the Bible study. He's like, guys, I went to this Bible study and they said I couldn't eat ribs. Is that? And he was like really like devastated about this, dude. He was, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, whatever. It, it was this funny moment. He's like, is it okay? Can I have ribs? We're like, bro, eat your ribs, man. Like, it's okay. New covenant, you know, like whatever. And he's like, he, I, this is like a direct quote. He's like, because I like me my ribs, man. I like, and I'm like, oh. That's a direct quote. That was a direct quote. So they might, they had ribs. Maybe they had ribs. I don't know. They, they killed the fattened calf. But this is the point. I feel like the father wants me to remind you that he's still faithful to provide. Like, that's what sons live in. Sons live in the provision of their father. Because when you were a kid, you weren't worrying about who's going to get the dinner on the table. I mean, you might have had to do some chores and set the table and put the napkin in the, you know, whatever. That's what I had to do. But, like, maybe set the table. But you weren't worrying who's going to put the meat on the table. Because that's dad's responsibility. And that's what dad wants to do for you. He wants to remind you that he's a God who provides. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says this stuff. He says, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or you drink, or your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. 
Come on, man. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? A.K.A. do not worry about the provisions coming to your life. And I'm going to add on to that. Do not worry about your destiny. Do not worry about your dreams. Do not worry about your future relationships. Do not worry about how is this going to get paid. Don't worry about the bills and all that stuff. Be responsible. I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you to absolve your responsibility. I'm saying be responsible but this is the father for you tonight. This is what it is to walk in sonship and to walk with confidence. Verse 32 in Matthew 6 says, For the pagans run after all these things. Pagans, people without God. And he says, And your heavenly father knows that you need them. Come on, man. And this is why we don't have to like, we don't got to be stingy. We don't have to like try to hoard everything. You know what I'm saying? Be like, like people who tip like 2%, you know what I'm saying? What is that? <laughs> Servers know what I'm talking about. Because why? Because we're, because we're freaking out about if I give my money away, I'm not going to have anything for me. But the reality is the kingdom is the more you give away, the more it comes back to you. You know that? Like Jeremy was telling me one time that he, he had a coffee shop. He did not pay for coffee for two months in a row because every time he would go to this specific coffee shop, he would always be paying for everything, paying for everything. Finally, the dude behind the counter said, who are you, dude? What's going on? He's like, are you like an author? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm an author, you know, whatever, because he would always come in with like a group of people. And then he says, you know what? I've got your coffee. And for two months straight, he would go to the same coffee, coffee place and they would provide for him every time. And he didn't have to pay for coffee for two months straight because they saw how he was blessing everybody else. And, he, and, he, and it came back to him. That's crazy, man. But this is what the father, this is the father for you, though. This is the father taking care of your dreams. I haven't paid for any of my guitars. Like, I think I paid a little bit for my very first Taylor guitar. But I've been given, like, one, two, three. Uh, Five guitars, and they're all at minimum a thousand dollars or more. Wow! I haven't paid for them. Like the first, I got my first Taylor guitar was like two grand plus. The second one, another like maybe fifteen hundred, and like the one that I'm playing now is like a is like a thousand, and then, uh, and then I got an electric guitar one, but those are pretty. Those are like two grand plus, and then I got like a Gibson Les Paul. I got a Strat. I sold a couple of them, but anyway, the point is. They're like, that's like 10, 10 grand just given to me. Because God is faithful to provide you with the tools that you need to fulfill your destiny. So he may not give you a guitar because you don't play guitar, right? <laughs> you know, like, that's not your thing. But he might hook you up with some other things for your life because he's a good father and he'll take care of his kids. And I, I know that we talk about this a lot, but I feel the Lord is on this. That I feel like some of us, the father actually wanted me to remind some of us tonight that he's faithful. That he's still faithful. The pagans run after all those worrying things. The people without God are always wondering, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? How's this dream going to happen? How am I going to pay my bills? How's this car going to get fixed? How is this job going to happen? That's the pagan. People without God worry about that stuff. But your heavenly father knows exactly what you need. And I just want to encourage you guys tonight. This is the spirit of sonship, man. It's coming back home, breaking independence, breaking up with the spirit of independence, and coming to a father who provides for everything that you need. And we're going we're gonna to just land it right there. And so I just, uh, maybe it's, let's, uh, let's all stand together and, and maybe just Taylor and, um, and Danielle just maybe play something in the, in the background for a second here. We just went a little bit over tonight, but I, I think it's fine. And Jesus... I just believe Jesus set such an amazing example, man, of, of what a son does. He lived his life as a son, and he gave his, his, his us an example. He is the prototype of what our lives are to look like. And so I just want you to just bow your heads for a second and open your hands. Come, Lord. Father, I just right now in the name of Jesus, according to Romans 8.15, you said that you did not give us a spirit that makes us a slave again to fear. But you said you gave us the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship. And so in this place, in the name of Jesus, we I just pray that this, I thank you that the realm of sonship is in the room tonight. And I thank you, God, that you're doing that in our hearts. 
that you are a father who provides. You've done it in my life. I've seen miracles. I've seen you do amazing things. You're faithful. Even, even, even in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we're on campus, and sometimes we don't know what to say. We're, gonna, we're telling everyone we're going to give them a free word. And like, uh, and we don't know what's going to happen. Then all of a sudden, God drops a word right in that moment. Be faithful to provide, even in those moments. Faithful to provide, Lord. With, with, with finances for school, faithful to provide with, with stress relief, God, faithful, faithful to provide everything that we need in every single moment. God, we, we thank you that you're faithful. You're faithful. And God, we don't want to live lives independent from you. We, we, can't, we can't make it on our own. We can't even dream about that. That's, that's ridiculous, God. We, we, can't even, we can't even fathom what that's like, living independent from God. We don't want to eat from that tree anymore, God. And so, Lord, all over this room, we just, we just acknowledge you. Like James says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. And God, I thank you that even where people have felt uh, the fear and that spirit of fear and, and the anxiety and the stress and the torment and different things of depression and, and uh, confusion and stuff, God, I thank you tonight it breaks because the spirit of sonship's coming on us. And I want you just to pray this with me as a, as a declaration of our faith tonight. And just say, Father, Father I come to you tonight, I come to you tonight in, Jesus name, in Jesus' name. And I break agreement, and I break agreement with the spirit of independence. And I come home to you. In my heart, in my heart I, surrender I surrender to the Father. To the Father, and I submit, and I submit to the Spirit of Sonship. To the Spirit of Sonship. Okay. And Father, Father, I trust in you. I trust in you to provide for me. To provide for me for everything that I need. Everything that I need. And the dreams in my heart. Dreams in my heart. I trust in you. And I rest in your promises. And in the fact that you're taking care of me. Thank you, Lord. So just with your hands open, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I release the spirit of sonship. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you for the realm of sonship coming on your sons and your daughters right now in Jesus' name. I thank you. When this, when this happened to me, I actually felt weight coming in my hands and I saw in the realm of the Spirit a sword being given to me. And so, God, I thank you. What you've given me, Lord, I release over your people now in Jesus' name. Romans 8.15, let it be done now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for the spirit of sonship, the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. We thank you for the realm of the spirit of adoption coming on your sons and your daughters. We thank you for the realm of adoption. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Wrap them, wrap them up in your arms tonight.
So Lord, we just we just honor you. We thank you for doing away with the slave to fear spirit. Uh, and we embrace your spirit of sonship and adoption. And we run to you. And we thank you for the provision and all the things you do to take care of us. Perfect love is filling us. say amen. amen come on let's bless the lord let's let's clap our hands let's just bless him tonight.